welcome to Slice of Salona. I am Greg Yatman. With me again is Dean Bubbly. He is a very well-known analyst with well over two decades, not to age him, uh, of experience in IoT, uh, telco, and in this case, wireless or networking. So uh, today we're talking about neutral host. Uh, it is a topic that keeps coming up over and over again in our discussions with customers, with partners. And I thought we would just get an expert on here to really dig deep on it. So uh, Dean, if you wanted to let us know, um, you know, these organizations that are looking at uh, the future of their organization with 4G LTE, 5G, neutral host is sometimes referred to as the killer app, something they need to have in their business. So uh, if this is the case, why is that? And if it's not, uh, why are they saying it? I think, I think, Greg, th thanks for inviting me on again. The, the, the first thing I'd say is neutral host is a fairly broad concept, which essentially is um, one shared network that allows access to multiple public carrier mobile networks. Um, and you're probably familiar with it for sort of in-building coverage in maybe sports stadiums or shopping malls. That's typically not based on a private network, which is then sharing uh, additional capacity for, for the carriers. Um, but there's a, a, a number of ways that this model is evolving, some of which are, if you like, functionally similar to private networks with this neutral host capability as a secondary add-on, and some of which are actually inverted, and yet more, which, to be honest, are more like an extension of the old sort of in-building distributed antenna DAS model. I think I did a calculation of like 12 or 15 flavors of neutral hosts I've come across at different scales. And they've been being discussed in lots of different contexts. So it could be in building or on campus. So maybe you've got a, I say a shopping mall or a hotel site or something like that. Um, uh, they're sometimes discussed for sort of cities and metropolitan areas where you maybe have um, the city itself running a, a, a 5G network and allowing the carriers to, well, possibly roam or, or you. Or rural communities where you have maybe a community network which which has partnerships with the national carriers. Um, and then the last set I've, I've heard people discuss is maybe you set up a neutral host along corridors like railroads or highways, um, where you, you essentially build one set of, say, 5G infrastructure for coverage, especially for connected vehicles. And I think that uh, you know, th there's different arguments to, to, you know, for and against each of those. I think the closest that links in with the enterprise private network concept is for things like you know, hotels, maybe sports stadiums, shopping malls, so big venues where they don't just have their own employees and devices and IoT, but they have lots of members of the public. And when you invite members of the public in, they have devices, their personal smartphones or other devices on every network. Um, and you may not be able to give them a SIM or an eSIM for your private local network very easily. So you want to establish something which is similar to a roaming it could be a roaming type partnership or it could be a more sophisticated there's some different technical models here all of that is great in principle the commercial realities and the practicalities on the other hand are more difficult and there's at the moment there's a bit of 
um, you know, a gap between that that nice vision and the actual ability for those um, private network owners to negotiate deals with each of the carriers. And I see that whether it's in the US with CVRS or where I am in London and the UK and, and other markets. Um, in some countries like Germany, there may also be regulatory barriers which stop you blending public and private networks easily. Um, there might be some, some, some workarounds but the, the long and short of it is, it's very interesting. Uh, I've been talking about Neutralize for a while, but unfortunately, it's not quite as easy as it looks. All right, so I think you've started touching on what my next question was, is around the holdup. So it sounds uh, like the potential is there. It sounds uh, like something that everybody's in agreement we have to have at some time in the very near future. But what is that holdup? Is it regulatory? Is it uh, t- a technological? Or is it something else entirely? There's a bit of everything, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, it's partly it's commercial. I mean, one thing is if you're a carrier, whether you're you know, AT&T or Verizon or Vodafone in the UK or you know, T-Mobile or wherever, you don't want to have to deal with a thousand or ten thousand private networks negotiating, you know, some form of network sharing for each one. So there's a commercial and uh, yeah, aspect. You probably need to have some sort of aggregator function across the top. And there's a few organisations that are trying to do that. There's also some some uh, issues, and these vary by country, but certainly in the UK, one of people I've spoken to, there's a whole host of concerns around you know, the security implications of interconnecting core networks between um, the the public networks, which often are part of critical national infrastructure, and private private networks, which may be very secure, but they might be differently, different processes, you know, different standards, and so on. So I think that, 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 that can be worked around, but there's going to be a lot of people you know, poking and prodding the, the, the details to be certain about it. So I think that's an issue. The other one is um, the, the goalposts are moving. Yeah, we're going from 4G to 5G non-standalone to 5G SA to release 16 to 17 and so on. We're using things like carrier aggregation, maybe things like network slicing, all the fancy features of 5G. How will they work on someone else's network? Yeah, yeah. And so you might get, for, for areas where there's no coverage at all, it becomes easier. But where you've got, for example, a shopping mall in an area where there's not there's okay public coverage, maybe you've got low band 5G. Um, but so how do you do the mid band 5G on neutral host plus the owned low band? And how do you combine them, make sure the features work? You know, how do you do carrier aggregation? Yeah, all of that stuff is also moving fast. So what you do this year and next year may be different, both on the private network and on the public network. So, so for me, it gets easiest where you have an isolated network. And so let's say you, you've got a community network on an island or you've got a, a resort. Yeah, a, a great example would be a hotel resort on a private island where there's no coverage from anyone. And to some extent, you've got a captive audience and you don't have to worry about those concerns. So I think that they will start with those sort of more simple um, scenarios before we go on to the you know, hotel in the middle of Manhattan or a shopping mall in, in, in London. All right. So the, the island uh, use case is probably pretty limited for, for us to, to start chasing islands. But, but I see your point. I think that makes perfect sense. <laughs> uh, actually, there's another one where perhaps it makes more sense is, is fixed wireless access. Yeah. could end up being neutral host as well. So at the moment, you have a bunch of sort of you know, fixed wireless access, rural ISPs, and so on. But there's no reason why, for example, you couldn't have um, 
a local authority, a municipality or something like that, deploy a, um, a fixed wireless access network, 4G or 5G, and then invite multiple different service providers to sort of retail that. It's, it's sort of quasi like an MVNO model, right. but it would be using... Yeah, network. It could be whether whether it's using network slicing, whether you, you know, and you would call it like maybe neutral neutral fixed wireless. In the same way that some uh, in some parts of the world you get me, uh, metropolitan run fiber networks uh, called open access. Yep. So you could you could say that this looks similar similar type of business model to that for fixed wireless. Oh, that's fantastic! You've actually opened up possibly a new uh, revenue stream for some of these municipalities. So this is good. This no. is great. Uh, and actually, the nice thing about that is it, that gets round some of the regulatory constraints, because if you actually have a neutral fixed wireless platform, you perhaps get around some of the concerns around competition. You know, is it unfair subsidy by the, by the local authority that competes with the carriers? Whereas instead of, well, anyone can use it, you, you get around some of those concerns, perhaps. Oh, that's great. Now, and now I'm going to have to ask you to take that all that experience and your crystal ball to look into it and speculate. If you had to think, what are the next steps to get all that complexity settled, sorted, and then roll out neutral hosts to the world? Uh, what would that look like if you could do that? Right, well, uh, firstly, I think that the idea of sort of neutral host you know, aggregators, wholesalers, yeah, it, probably something which, which it may well be that today's tower companies um, are the, the, the marketplace for neutral host. Yeah, or something, whether it's the existing tower companies or new, you know, wireless infrastructure as a service providers, because they could work across hundreds of sites or cities or anything like that, and then do one deal with the carriers, they could perhaps certify the security or and, and all the rest of it. So I think that we will, whatever, it, we end up with some sort of tier of sort of wholesale service providers, aggregators, I'm not quite sure what we're going to call them, but sort of, you know, neutral host, neutral host network operators. That makes sense. I think that's, uh, that's as close to the future as I can see it being, but I, I'm going to take it from you as the expert that that's what it's going to look like. Um, hopefully those of you out there who are listening, who are viewing, uh, feel the same. If not, reach out to us because I'm sure myself and Dean would like to hear your input and your, your, uh, your comments on this. Uh, absolutely, yeah. and, and I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of sort of niches that that emerge as well. On the the railroads and stuff have their own separate universe of ecosystem and providers. But yeah, that that may well take a few years to emerge. Excellent. Well, yeah, but until then, uh, we're hoping neutral host comes soon. Um, there's plenty uh, of I, I definitely think that, that some of the, some of the, some of the examples of of sort of public venues maybe. Uh, metropolitan um, uh, authorities for densification is another. Um, I think that 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 that's faster uh, appearing. Yeah. Well, I, I thank you again for your time, Dean. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, for those of you out there listening, watching, make sure you do seek out Dean. He's got plenty of material out there on the internet in written form, in video form, in uh, in audio form. Uh, you can find Dean. He's been around, and, and uh, he'll be coming yeah. to a place near you soon. I'm sure. That, thanks, Greg. Yeah, I'm, I'm disruptive Dean on Twitter. I just look at my my LinkedIn. I've got a newsletter and, and regular posts. But thank you. You're very welcome. And again, thank you for your time. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Um, always come back to join us on Slice of Salona. We have plenty of content and plenty more to share in the near future. Until the next time, take care of yourself, stay healthy, and we'll see you soon.